For newcomers, as always, help yourself to the website cuttingthroughthematrix.com. Lots and lots of audios for free download, and all the sites you'll see carry transcripts for print-up as well. The talks I've given in English, and you can go into Alan Watts Sentient, sentinel.eu for transcripts in other languages. Remember, too, you are the audience that bring me to you. I don't get money from advertisers. I certainly could if I wanted to. But um, I don't do it that way. I don't bring on advertisers as guests who sell you things. I don't have, make money from products that are sold uh, by different companies or whatever. All I have is the books and discs at cuttingthroughthematrix.com to help me tick over. And believe you me, it's not ticking. It's sort of groaning at the moment as uh, people are distracted into so many other avenues. But if you want to support me and keep me going, you can buy the books and discs at cuttingthroughthematrix.com or you can donate and from the U.S. to Canada. Remember, you can still use personal checks or international postal money orders or you can use PayPal or send cash across the world, Western Union MoneyGram and PayPal. Remember, straight donations are really, really awfully, awfully welcome. And before, as, I, as I've said, I've gone through the histories of the big system uh, at least for the last few hundred years, it's much, much older than that, of course, of the group that wanted to take over the world a long, long time ago. They believe it's a duty, actually, and uh, they're taught that as children even. But uh, and, and how down through the ages they formed their societies, their front groups, etc., and how they've infiltrated everything. You're living in their system. And even through the Renaissance uh, they were on the go. Many of them came out pretty well blatantly telling you what the agenda was to be. That eventually reason and science, with a special folk at the top, of course, would run the whole world uh, from cradle to grave for everybody else. And even during the French Revolution, they actually talked about population reduction, by the way, and killed an awful lot of peasants by putting them on boats and barges and sinking them. Things like that. Things they don't tell you about. But uh, whenever they take over, of course, in, in a big way, like they did in the Bolshevik Revolution, they slaughtered millions and millions of people and it all fell into, again, population reduction, whether they like it or not. And now it's all over the papers, population reduction and, and departments of the United Nations all pushing for the same thing, sterilization, forced sterilization. Uh, it's, understand, this is the same plan run by the same people. It's not a coincidence, you see. And uh, they came up very openly in the early 20th century about their designs for the world, where the elites once again had the right to take over the entire world and its resources, run it through a scientific organizational front, and um, have you all as basic serfs as they bring down the populations, and through science they'd eventually create new kinds of humans, etc. But in the meantime, they had to effeminize the men, basically. They couldn't have men who were still men who might fight them on this, so they introduced various things into inoculations and into your food supplies until the bisphenol A's and the xenoestrogens took over, and you can see the effects of them today. This was not by chance. 
whatsoever. It was not by chance because some of them even talked about doing this, like uh, like um, Charles Galton Darwin. He says, we'll, we'll give estrogens to the male and basically effeminize them, and he won't fight. And so you're living through a planned agenda by people who have published their own writings, who sat in uh, all their lives in organizations, world organizations, world meetings, on doing what they wanted to do to get us where we are today, and then training the public too, uh, to accept all of this, as though it's, being kind of, it's kind of normal. We're going through wars now, perpetual wars, to standardize every country under the same system of debt and, and central banks private central banks under the World Bank and the IMF. And uh, we're invading them under umpteen pretexts, but the fact is, you see, you cannot have opposing religions to the main religion that runs the world. Back with more after this break. I'm back. We're cutting through the matrix and what a matrix it is because everything that comes from above goes through marketers, public relations experts to spin things, weave things, or just basically lie to the general public. You understand you're all regarded as children at governmental level and their, their job is to keep the children quiet and happy and give them nonsensical stories to believe in and it works awfully well. You've had that your whole life, by the way. Nothing is honest will ever come out of government, not at this stage of the game. And to do with um, the CIA director, David Petraeus, says, uh, he told the party line and parted this ludicrous YouTube story backing up Obama and testimony to Congress, at least until we found out that there was no protest, at least until we found out that Obama had known it was a terrorist act, some of Libya and so on, in less than an hour with emails going directly to the White House situation room. At least until we found out that the Obama administration had a live drone feed of the entire seven-hour attack. Then we found out the two former SEALs and, and then CIA operatives Tyron Woods and Glenn Doherty were told to repeatedly stand down and not help Ambassador Chris Stevens and the other Americans. But they disobeyed a direct order and went anyway, saving over 20 American lives but paying with their own. As Petraeus told the party line with the video, but then refused to fall on the sword and say that the CIA gave the stand-down order, thus implicating that it was Obama who denied help to both the consulate and to CIA annex, which later came under attack. And when you cross a Chicago thug like Obama, and I'd see the guys behind him were the bigger thugs in Chicago, playback is swift and lethal. Petraeus needed to be taken out, but after the election and before he was scheduled to testify under oath this time to Congress about what he knew about Benghazi. And that's true, they got him out just before he was up to testify. Petraeus' resignation had nothing to do with an affair. In fact, the affair had been over for months. The FBI had been investigating literally thousands of emails that Petraeus had sent to his former paramour, biographer Paula Broadwell, for longer than that and could have dropped the guillotine months before if they wanted to. You understand you're living in a system, and it's a communist system for those who haven't figured it out, because the same ones who ran the Soviet Union are running America, if you haven't figured that out too. hope you all have by now. They'd run Britain, they'd run every country in Europe, and they run the whole world now, basically. And in the Soviet Union, uh, after the so-called walls came down, 
and then they opened up to what, how they ran their system, it was found that they had far more files than all their own bureaucrats and KGB guys than, than the general public. It's more important to make sure that people who would be believed if they said anything by the public were watched more closely. And it's the same in this system. Why change it when it works, you see? Anyway, it says it was a, rather about paybacks and keeping the American people in the dark about the real reason Petraeus had to be kept quiet about Benghazi gun running, gun running in tens of thousands of Libyan weapons to the Al-Qaeda-linked Syrian rebels. rebels. And, and that's what they were doing over there. That little bit did come out in the news on that. So, as I say, nothing comes out from the government that's honest. Nothing at all. Believe you me, nothing. It's all warped get to get you to go along with the next agenda, the next agenda, and the next agenda. Now, I've been going on and on about pedophilia. It's not just pedophilia. It's how there's a big movement to change all of society. All, all that was has to be changed. All the norms have to be changed, remember, to go into this brave new world. And this article says here, do you trust your counsel with your child's personal details? This is as their personal information in safe hands. This morning, the Sunday Times revealed the existence of a secret database holding information on 8 million school children, information which has been uploaded by schools, social workers, and ranging from photographs to academic records and records of bad behavior in school. The database is named One and created and operated by a company named Capita. allows schools to upload information daily, which councils can then share with other agencies, such as youth offending teams, National Health Service staff, and charities. Well, I've been going on about pedophilia for the last few weeks, actually, because there's been so much in the news about it. And believe you me, they go nationwide in every country with these databases so the parents can have a first pick and peruse them as for as long as they want for the next targets. And you accept it all because you're so wimpy. You have no balls left, literally. You're shrunken with all your, as you know, estrogens. And your brains are fried with all the, the rubbish you've watched on television until you can't make a, what we called a natural decision anymore. And also tonight I'm putting up a, a little article. A guy sent it to me. It's, it's called Rant Box Alley. And it's talking about the stench of propaganda through television shows. And he talks, he goes through some of the television shows and how they bring in all the nasty ones that you're supposed to believe are really nasty. There's terrorism through everything now. It began right after 9-11 that big money went from the Pentagon and all these shows popped up suddenly that, that every, there's terrorists everywhere and so on. But he goes through the techniques that are used uh, to, 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 to characterize so-called terrorists as the nastiest people in the world, because they attack a lot more, on, on, a lot more onto their personalities too. So I'll put this up tonight. Uh, law and order, the familiar stench of propaganda. And talking about all the problems too, is they change all that was to bring in the new. Uh, and you understand, the old society had to be trashed completely. And that's what the big uh, Frankfurt School said, big communist school. We can, I can say communist, but it's okay to say that. But it's actually more than communist. And um, and uh, Theo Adorno said that they had to trash all of society right down to bringing in uh, necrophilia. When they achieved necrophilia, they would have achieved their goal. Well, it's been done, actually, so it's all over. But you find the special interest groups now go on witch hunts themselves because their whole thing is based on prejudice, you know, people, people being prejudiced against them. So whole, their whole MO, their whole life is based on this, even though it doesn't really happen to many people. You understand lesbians and homosexuals have been around for a long time, not as many as are today, certainly, because now it's taught in schools you should try it. 
And they kept to themselves, and we kept to themselves, and the heterosexuals kept to themselves too. They didn't go out in the street and tell you what they're up to. But now it's got to be in the street and in your face and parades and all the rest of it. So it's a great thing when, when they can actually find something to, to get attention. And there's a lot of attention seekers in there too, remember. Remember, it was a while back too, and I put the link up in the U.S. where it was in a, a Jewish school that a, a girl said she kept getting swastikas put on her, her doors, and she got interviewed by the cops and all the rest of it, and, and uh, interviewed by the television station. She gloried in the and all the attention, and then they put a camera up and found her putting the latest swastika up herself with a can of paint in her hand and a brush. Here's an article here. Lesbian teen faked anti-gay notes that sparked college's solidarity rally. So that immediate, immediately solidarity rally. It says, um, lesbian student at Central Connecticut State University won the sympathy of hundreds of students who rallied to her defense against anti-gay remarks before police say video evidence forced her to admit she planted the messages herself. And that's all I'm going to read about it. But this is a common thing today. Uh, because, you know, the, the whole status of who they are it, it depends on this, uh, you know, attacks from other people and all this kind of stuff, you see. Now, in Britain, I've had so much going on, starting with the Savile case, but even before the Savile case with the bigwigs in England. I've read some of the articles here where even British lords came out in mainstream we're getting young boys off the street, basically. One of them had a strange thing. He liked to have the young boy poop on top of a glass pane, and the Lord would sit underneath it and watch it. It's a strange thing, but I can't fathom it at all. But you have all these weirdos in positions of power, you understand. And I think it goes with power myself. I think they're psychopathic perverts, even to get up there, you see. But you also have, you see, networks. And societies, everyone who has to join it has become a Mason. Remember, low Masons know nothing at all, according to Albert Pike. Uh, but the other ones, uh, they know more what the world agenda is, because Freemasonry was a revolutionary uh, arm, basically, for, for centuries to bring in this new world order across the world. But anyway, and they were a front for the big boys. They'd been around for a lot longer. This article here says, Abuse scandal probes widen. The man who may hold the key to the UK's biggest paedophile network ever, Charles Napier, could provide vital evidence for police investigations for investigating a child abuse scandal spanning three decades. And it says in the, in the picturesque Dorset town of Sherburne, Charles Napier is an upstanding member of the community. That, that actually generally is what they mean by in masonry upstanding, by the way, for those who don't know. He is known as a respected retired language teacher, playwright and theatre uh, theater director. Last month he gave a lecture on William Shakespeare at the town's literary festival, but Napier's sordid past threatens to drag him into the heart of new inquirers into a child abuse scandal spanning 30 years. Evans now being examined by Metropolitan Police Detectives linked Napier to Peter Wrighton, one of Britain's most high-profile paedophiles. Wrighton is now dead, but Napier is not. Now 68, living with his mother in the West Country, a county he could prove a vital witness to the unfolding police inquiry and to child abuse on a massive scale in this country. Both men were linked to a shadowy organisation called the Paedophile Information Exchange, which campaigned in the 70s and 80s for what they called the age of child love to be reduced to four. Remember that article I read the other day? It was from uh, members of the Planned Parenthood International, who, along with the United Nations, is pushing the same agenda again. And you think these people aren't organized worldwide and they belong to the United Nations agendas? 
You better question this United Nations, folks, and get rid of it. Anyway, Wrighton was a founder of PIE, Napier, its one-time treasurer. Wrighton, incredibly, was also one of Britain's leading child protection specialists. But when police raided his house in Evesham, Worcester, in 1992, they found not only hardcore child abuse images from Amsterdam, but a quarter century of correspondence between paedophiles in Britain and around the world. You can imagine how much money that was worth for that list of people. The probe led police to the kitchen of a flat in South London, where they found a letter from Napier, who had a child assault conviction 20 years before, boasting of his life in Cairo as a British council teacher. He bragged of easy access to young boys and how he could send obscene images back to Britain in diplomatic bags. And I'll go on with this because I'm just so sick of it. Uh, People never catch on. They're so contaminated themselves with what they've watched on TV, they can't get outraged about it. Back with more after this. Hi folks, I'm back. We're cutting through the Matrix and talking about how these characters would groom children. And this article I'm reading right now from the Mirror, Daily Mirror, uh, talks about that and how they, they groom children, gave them cigarettes, of course, and uh, and alcohol, and how they would get the other ones to go along with it. They knew how to groom the children to go along with what the guys wanted to do. And uh, it's been going on for an awful long time by very important people. This other article here, too, uh, says that more former Rochdale council bosses may face members of Parliament's questions over a sex grooming case. I wouldn't hold my breath on it because they don't want to open up a can of worms. Because believe you me, folks, they shouldn't be going after the ones who are dead. They should be going after the ones who are in it today. And it's rife, and I think even worse today than it was even then, and that's bad enough. But as more council bosses are expected to be called before Parliament to explain why cries for help from child sex victims were ignored by those who were supposed to protect them, it comes after Rochdale Council's former Chief Executive Roger Ellis appeared before the Home Affairs Committee on Tuesday, also giving evidence for Mr Ellis's successor Jim Taylor and Sarah Rowbottom, a frontline sexual health worker, unfortunate name for her, who revealed the full extent of the scandal to the members of Parliament. And... Um, they said the committee had not yet decided who would be called as witnesses, but when they, they meet, they're likely to want to explore Mr. Ellis' evidence that neither he nor his senior managers, managers were told social workers were reporting dozens of cases where young girls were being sexually exploited by gangs of older men. And earlier this week, MPs heard that during the time the abuse was reported by social workers, the council's director of children's services role was held over the years by Terry Piggott, uh, good name, eh? Steve Titchcomb, where did they get these guys from? And Cheryl Eastwood, you can't make this stuff up. They also heard that Steve Garner had been in charge of children's social services team from 2009. And then this one too, the cover-up continues. Lord Piers, this is the British Lords and the Piers and the Sirs, demand that the child abuse investigations be dropped. I knew they'd say this, because they have to, to protect their own tarnished asses, so to speak. It says, um, this says, uh, as we detailed earlier this week, is from 21st Century War. The establishment is desperate to draw a line under any serious independent investigations into organized paedophile rings and child abuse in British establishments because exposure threatens individuals who sit within the very power structure of multiple institutions, including government, the judiciary, 
the police, child care, children's ch- charities and the BBC. They want uh, our horror to end with their fixer, Jimmy Savile, and the sacking of BBC's Pope, George Entwistle, and quietly move on. The government moved to spike any further inquiry in the past and present existence of paedophiles in power as part of damage limitation exercise, a coordinated attempt to shut down the national conversation despite overwhelming evidence that this is an organised, institutionalised disease. The Waterhouse inquiry into the North Wales Boys Home Sex Abuse Criminal Network was a typical government-run whitewash where the establishment failed to probe into the heart of the problem, where institutional members covered for each other, other's interests, and where police fumbled evidence. They didn't fumble it, they were given orders, and failed to secure arrests of powerful men. In the end, the bureaucracy won, and justice was sadly lost. Tonight, too, I'll also put up an interview with one of the boys, the guys, he's a man now, but he was one in the boys' home. He tells you about how they give them, uh, they took them to London, met very important people in big apartments, and they were amazed just getting into London from a boys' home and given booze and uh, cigarettes and all the rest of it, and then they were abused. And um, anyway, I'll put this up tonight, too, and then to go into... Another one here is following on with that. It says here that um, photographs of men abusing boys in the North Wales paedophile scandal were deliberately destroyed by the authorities, it was revealed today. That's the police and the judiciary. Sean Griffiths uh, worked for the, the Clyde Council in the Inquiry Office in the 1994 Jillings and six years later on the Waterhouse Inquiry, which looked into the systematic abuse of the children's homes. She told ITV News that victim Steve Mesham's photos of alleged abuse were ordered to be destroyed. Ms. Mesham says photos captured lots of men raping boys, including a prominent conservative figure he accuses of abusing him. He says he could see men's faces clearly, but the police say they could not identify them from the pictures. You understand how it really works in this system. And I said it before, and you might laugh because you know the uncle so-and-so is a mason and he's okay. These are Masonic institutions, and masons, are, they will obey their superiors and forget their, uh, their, their any oath to the public. In fact, they don't take an oath to the public. They take an oath to the queen. So they do what they're told, and they destroy whatever they're told to do as well. It says, uh, Mrs. Ms. Griffiths was asked, Mesham talked about photos he'd taken of abuse taking place. Do you know what happened to them? And uh, the answer was, we were supposed, we were supplied with copies of court documents, but there was an order made for the book of photos to be destroyed. And then it says, so Mesham's photos of alleged abuse were destroyed. And she says, they were. Well, that's what's in court papers, official documents. And then it says, that could have been vital evidence. And the answer was, yes. She added there were people mentioned in the Waterhouse Inquiry in 2000 who probably got away with the abuse. She said, I think probably there were, on the basis that the allegations were historical and there was, and there was nobody to corroborate what the complainants were saying or the files or registers to back up what they were saying. I imagine, yes, there are people who weren't convicted for their offence. Meanwhile, Labour MP Anne Clid today revealed she had read the 1994 report by John Jillings in the House before it was pulped and called for it to be published. They pulped it, and she read it. She read it and ordered it destroyed. Too many important folk, folks. The pervs run your world for you. I'm not kidding about that. Back with more after this.
You're listening to the Republic Broadcasting Network. Because you can handle the truth. Hi, folks. We're back, cutting through the matrix and talking about the crazy worlds. Crazy as a fox, of course, because it knows where exactly where it's all supposed to go. And they've been training their children for years and years to try everything. Never mind all the stuff they make sure that they see on television. It's run by big corporations that bypass parents, basically, at least generation by generation. And, and until now, they're, they're showing them to how we have orgies and everything else. I mean, this is it. This is a, a, a plan, folks, because once you've destroyed and created chaos, destroyed all it was, and then you create chaos, then you can run everything from governmental agencies to handle the chaos and fallout, and then guide the whole world into a new system, you see, of being a good little uh, dopey kind of slave. It's almost here already. But here's the techniques that are used as well by the United Nations, who promote all this stuff, and UNESCO pr- promotes it, if you haven't tried, if you, you know, if you haven't tried it, how do you know? Meaning different kinds of sexual experiences to children. They're even using pornography in the classrooms now. But it says, uh, this is an article here, and it's uh, about Brazil. It says the expanded thematic group on HIV AIDS in Brazil, this GT United Nations AIDS and joint partnership with national and international groups sent a letter on October the 16th to Brazilian President Dilma Rousseff and other Brazilian authorities requesting that priority be given to efforts to criminalize homophobia. Now, phobia is a term that they put out because they understand neurolinguistics is meant to put you at a disadvantage if you actually accept the terms they give you because it means a fear of homosexuals, you see. And, of course, you don't have a fear of homosexuals. You, you might be offended, and you're allowed to be offended because all these people are allowed to be offended by you. So you must use the offended thing. It just offends me. I just don't like it. But phobia is a different thing. It means a fear, which brings you into a psychiatric problem. Oh, you need a psychiatric treatment for that, you see. It's like if, if, you, were, if you were watching the, the, the Soviets come in and destroying and slaughtering people, you would have a Soviet, Soviet phobia, you see. That's what they call it. Or a Nazi phobia as we're coming into countries. It's ridiculous. Why not arachnophobia, like a phobia of spiders? Criminalize that as well. You understand how crazy it is. You must not use the terms that are given to you to use. Because they're weaponized terms, and they do put you at disadvantage. But it says a letter was signed by the GW United Nations AIDS and its members, USAID, UNHCR, ILO, UN Women, uh, United Nations Women, CDCs, PAHO, WHO, the World Health Organization, UNDP, UNAIDS, UNESCO, UNFPA, UNICEF, UNIDOC, and all those other things. There's all these United Nations particular groups. Now, no one in the general public have ever voted for the United Nations to even have any power over any of us. Yet we're all paying our tax money to them because they were set up by the Royal Institute for International Affairs to bring in this big system for brave new worlds, understand? And uh, the only way out of it is to literally tear up all treaties and, and, and start from scratch. That won't happen, but it would be the only way out of it, because they sign up all the... These are the same guys who work for your, for your carbon taxes worldwide, come up with all these wonderful ideas. The Club of Rome is their think, one of their big think tanks for the United Nations. And uh, you'd have to stop funding all these groups, just stop funding all NGO groups. 
and demand that the government stop funding them. Because they're all, uh, you only get funding if you're for radical change. And radical change is never explained to the general public what radical change they're meaning. And every company's funding radical change agents. So that one never happens to say, but at least, you know, now you know. Um, they want to criminalize uh, anyone who has got fear of this. You see, if you have a real fear, rather than say, well, you've got, as I say, why not arachnophobia, a fear of spiders, or a fear of heights, or something? Criminalize it. How ridiculous can you get? How ridiculous can you get? But they want to, they want to make your treatment uh, in a psychiatric hospital. Now you get the point. This is a system that they used in the Soviet Union in different ways. In the Soviet Union, if you criticize the Soviet Union's techniques or the government, you're classified uh, as, as, as schizophrenic. Or they'd say that you had inflexibility of opinion. That was a psychiatric disorder over there. The same guys that run Russia are running you because they're international. If you haven't got it. Anyway, personally, I think it's all too late anyway. Because it would take an awful lot of work to, to just rip all these treaties up and stop all the funding and getting back to basics and kick the bankers out and get a proper banking system in as well. Because it all works together, you understand. And as I said to you, I'll put up the article from the one, one of the survivors who went through all these pedophile problems and so on. It tells you how it worked and how they groomed them. And this article here is to do with there's so many on, on child abuse, I can't believe it here, but I, I can't read them all. And I, I wonder how many folk care as they watch their, their so-called soft porn on television and comedies and stuff, and, and it gets younger all the time. Now, the debt crisis, an anti-austerity, again, another term they gave us, austerity, is better. It's like quantitative easing instead of seeing inflation. Uh, with their neuro-linguistics, and they came out with neologisms for us to all copy. But austerity is what they mean is poverty. They're bringing down to the bare basics of survival. That's what they mean. I hope you understand that. And they're using this, the crashes, which they engineered themselves with the cooperation with the banks to make it all happen. The banks lose nothing. They get more power out of it and they get rewarded for it by our tax money. So debt crisis, anti-austerity strikes hit Europe. This is live. And clashes break out in Spain and Italy as angry workers stage a Europe-wide string of rallies and strikes against austerity cuts and tax rises, shutting transport, grounding flights and closing schools, it says. So I'll put that up tonight as well. It says tens of thousands of protesters are now gathering in Madrid to march against austerity. Police vans are lined up in anticipation in Tarragona, in the northeastern region of Catalonia, where a 13-year-old boy was hit over the head with a baton by police during a protest. Protesters are already complaining about the incidents of police brutality, claiming officers are too quick to attack during peaceful demonstrations. Well, you see, I said years ago that a whole generation was being brought up on video games that were meant for the military to desensitize you from using, uh, from, from using violence, extreme violence. And I said the, a whole generation is getting, is rising up right now, growing up being given this stuff on purpose because down the road, the governments across the world plan to use these ones when they dress them up in black gear and big batons or rifles. And I wasn't kidding. You're here now, folks. And these folk are brutal, utterly brutal. They're completely desensitized. And they will crash your skulls. 
Nothing happens by chance, including grooming populations of youngsters to grow up to be these very characters I'm talking about. That was all planned and deliberate. That's how intricate this system is in its planning. Nothing, nothing is left out for the future. It's like geopolitics. When they plan how to take down a country or seize a country, 20, 30 years before they start, the main part of it. It's the same thing with all of us too, and this world order that you keep hearing about but you don't understand. So anyway, it says, Spanish government has raised the number of arrests in Madrid to 110. 40 people have now been injured, including 18 police officers. Ireland's credit outlook has been revised to stable from negative by the rating agency Fitch, meaning that it's unlikely the country faces a downgrade over the next 18 months. That's just to keep them quiet. So I've got the, the different statements by Fitch here and so on. And what are they anyway? You know, it's like a magician that waves a wand and says, oh, you're downgraded or you're upgraded. And just like that, we all believe it. Just like Rothschild, when he was in charge of the gold every day, got out of his bed in his pajamas and stuck his finger in his mouth, stuck it in the window, outside his window, and said, this is the gold price for today. And everybody jumped into action across the planet, believing it. It's magic, folks. You're dealing with the magi. Conology. And you believe it all. You've been trained to believe it all. You can do all the right things. Lots of folk have done all the right things, save and do all the proper things. And what do they do? They can devalue your cash as it's in the bank till it's worth nothing. You see, it's not meant that you win. In a real system, that kind of stuff couldn't happen. It wouldn't matter if guys lost or gained on the stock market. It wouldn't matter if you devised the proper system. But it's meant that you don't win in this system unless you're a part of it. And you can't be a part of it without certain particular qualifications. Now, energy traders are threatened with full force of the law of gas prices were fixed when millions are struggling with heating bills every year in Canada and elsewhere and in Britain. They put up the prices of oil for heating, you see, to make a killing of it as folk are getting killed with, because they can't afford it and they freeze in their homes. And that's acceptable. Thousands die every year. It's quite acceptable now because, you see, we're paganized. If you haven't realized it, you've been utterly paganized so that the ones can rule over you once again, as it was in ancient times too. It's easy to rule over paganized people who are contaminated, as Besmanov would say. But anyway, it says the claim alleged by whistleblowers who identified unusual trading patterns, all but one of the big energy suppliers has raised prices in the last few weeks. And proof of price rigging would devastate public trust and could lead to fines. Well, it could, yet probably won't. And it comes in the context of rocketing UK energy prices and the cost of living squeeze. Companies deny claims and say they have measures to prevent price fixing, etc. Anyway, they go through the usual stuff every year. This is like you read every year. Nothing happens. Anyone caught rigging energy bills will face the full force of the law the government warned today. After a whistleblower claimed power firms regularly fix Britain's £300 billion pound wholesale gas market. We get this every year in Canada too. They come up and tell you the middlemen we get. And it's, it's amazing the characters who are involved who set the prices for your oil and your gas and so on during the winter and through the whole of the year. But they always rig it. Nothing happens. So I'll bypass this story since it's basically rubbish. What's the point in talking about it? Because nothing is going to happen. The EU, this new Soviet, the super Soviet that was dreamed up again by uh, the big boys who got together before World War II and, and even mentioned that they needed a war to make it happen, a world war, 
to, to get a unified Europe. I've gone through the history of it. Even Winston Churchill wanted a unified Europe. His secretary talked about that. His personal secretary in the book. But um, they all wanted a, a unified Europe. And of course, the, the big Soviet boys wanted it too. And uh, of course, uh, they, they created it by stealth, by lying to every country, or to the populace, as prime ministers every year went for closer ties. That was a little word that they do, the term they use. We want to, is signing closer ties. And it was never explained to the public what these closer ties meant. Until they had completely unified it all through, a, 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 and then built a, a European parliament. And you're under this super monstrosity of incredible bureaucracy, where politicians have no power at all to put laws forth or to change laws. You have a, a, a shadowy bunch at the top, the commission, who nobody votes in, and, and they do it all there. And people accept this. They accept it. They're so dumbed down, they accept it. You fight world wars against this kind of thing. And then, because this, this happened over a period of years, you know, you, you accept it. Fabian style, you see. So anyway, now they want their, their, to be the superpower with their army. They float this one every year too. But Radislaw Sikorsky says he want EU to be a superpower. This is Poland's foreign minister says he wants to see a more powerful EU with an expansion of powers, a directly elected European president, and an end to national veto power and even an EU army. And it's got the full interview on the BBC World News. I'll put these links up tonight for those who give a darn <laughs> what's the point because it's sort of kind of all beyond us isn't it isn't what can you do about it can you vote them out no do you have any power over them at all no you know is anybody in your government going to vote them out no they disappear and you'll accept it crazy isn't it and then we have this other one I love this Baroness Ashton this Baroness Ashton has a fake history for those who don't understand it and um, she's married to a very important guy, by the way. But uh, she was a lifer as a, as a nothingness in sort of left-wing movements. And she never got elected to any position through her life. And suddenly they just, she was obviously picked for the job by through her hubby and, and his friends at the hubby. And then they, they knighted her and gave her, she's called Baroness Ashton now, you see. But she's never been voted in for anything, just appointed to top positions. Anyway, it says she's a likely key ally in a French plot to create a Brussels military headquarters that will build on existing European Union military missions. And it says uh, Ashton, the EU foreign minister, has signaled to Paris she will go against British opposition if France can win other allies this winter, a senior French defence ministry so told the Daily Telegraph. Her support comes ahead of a meeting of foreign and defence ministers of the so-called Big Five group of France, Germany, Italy, Spain and Poland in Paris next Wednesday to discuss driving European defence forward. The French effectively view the launch of the new EU military missions as a Trojan horse for a European military headquarters and France will mount a major offensive in mid-2014 that could see it back treaty change to scrap national vetoes over defence. Britain last year blocked moves to create an EU military operations HQ with William Hague, the Foreign Secretary, threatening to veto the plan over concerns it would rival NATO command. This sparked the Big Five to seek ways of bypassing a British veto via little-known legal mechanism. France eventually backed down so as not to jeopardise the Lancaster House bilateral defence accord between Britain and France to the chagrin of its main EU partners. So anyway, they want to, to get a massive army on the go. 
and and that was always a plan to even before World War One they were talking about uniting Europe and doing all this, but they said they needed wars to do it. World wars, well they got them, they created them. And every year, and I put up the list before from from top people within uh, the IPPC at at, uh, at uh, the United Nations, the, the the bunch of nobodies that, including Petura himself. Who's a what guy? He's he's getting a tremendous business with all the grants that he gets to to India and so on because he's he's from India as well. But he's a he was a a train engineer and this is, he's now he's the head of the World Climate Report. But anyway, and they always fudge and lie about all their stuff. They've been caught up so many times I won't even go into it. It's a joke, but it's a real joke and it's, and it's a very a very concrete joke because we're all going to suffer for this this nonsense of climate change. This is the big stick to control everyone's life, every single individual. I hope you understand it. But they all, every year they come out and, and they tell you about shocking, scary scenarios. I'll put that list up again tonight from top players in the field who actually say that. We, we give we give the public scary and shocking scenarios to terrify them, to make sure they get on board with us. Well, here's one again. Former United Nations official says this new climate report will shock nations into actions, he says. Oh, he says, I'm confident those scientific findings will create new political momentum. Vaud de Boer, it says, the new United Nations climate report will scare the wits out of everyone and should provide the impetus needed for the world to finally sign an agreement to tackle global warming that doesn't exist, the former head of the UN negotiations said. Yvonne de Boer, or the UN climate chief during the 2009 Copenhagen climate change talks, said his conversation with scientists working on the next report of the International uh, Intergovernmental Panel on Climate Change, IPCC, suggested the findings would be shocking. I'll scare the wits of you all. Wow. Same scenario, same technique. Back with more after this. Folks, we're back, cutting through the matrix, and I think Mike from Pennsylvania is hanging on the line there. Are you there, Mike? Yeah. Thanks for letting me on. Um, I just wanted to mention that uh, you're, you're like the doctor who, who's given us some tough medicine that uh, sometimes it's not. <laughs> it's hard to put down, but uh, you know, I mean, you're the only one really uh, hammering at these things because uh, once these perversions completely take over. I mean, I mean they already have, but yeah. but the, the point with that is, um, you know, I, it's interesting you mentioned Petraeus and the pedophiles right after that. Yeah. And you mentioned, I believe what you were talking about, you a, a few times I heard in, on the show where they completely wanted to get rid of the, the, the bonding. I, I thought you meant emotional bonding with the, with the sex mm-hmm. act between man and woman. Is that correct? Yeah, the emotional bonding that comes with it, yeah. Yeah, to the point where everything's just like a porn movie, you know, yeah. society. You've got to understand, the United Nations said they'd do that. Uh, UNESCO, uh, Julian Huxley, who worked, he was the first CEO of UNESCO, he said we must remove the emotional attachment and bonding that comes with sex and therefore make sex a separate thing altogether with no bonding at all. Yeah, They've done it. Yeah, I mean, and just in my own experience, late 1994, I could see where everything was heading culturally. And, and, you know, I make mistakes like everybody else. I mean, 
And, and um, I, I, at that point, I decided in some part of my mind just to draw a line in the sand and maybe cling to the past or, or, or the old ways and the old days to at least try not to get swept into the new mentality. And yeah. and about by 99, 2000, I, I really haven't watched hardly any TV at all except maybe a sporting event here and there. But but you have to be very judicious in everything you watch. Um, but, but, but mentioning Petraeus and the pedophiles is that whole act of bonding and – and, and, and really, I heard, I, I hear people will make the, the connection that, well, there's really, you, you know, oh, he just committed adultery, but but that's not like Savile. And, and see, they, they don't really get it, because monogamy, that is the whole cornerstone. I mean, if you don't have monogamy, uh, forget women and children. And um, it's over. Uh, it, whole it is. That's what they want. Depopulation right down to there's hardly anybody left. Yeah, absolutely right. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and that whole act of, of not bonding with with the emotions and and, and the act, mm-hmm. uh, the whole uh, art of monogamy. I mean, without that, if you say, oh, extramarital affairs are just their own business. Well, well, if, if they don't really care about children because because look at what Petraeus is doing with the drones in the United States. Mm-hmm. He he don't give a damn about children. Yeah. And and, um, and and I noticed too a lot of people I talk to East West Coast West Coast they, they seem to have a direct correlation between acceptance of perversion and the blue yeah. pills and yada yada with acceptance of the drones and the police drones and the helicopters yeah. for their own mm-hmm. protection. Yeah. A, a oh, yeah. direct correlation. In other words, if, as they become more perverted, the more they want to accept this stuff. And it doesn't bother That's them. a fact. That's a fact. You understand that there's such a thing as sanity. And you can define sanity by a whole series of, of, of logic. And uh, when that's gone and, and your logic's been completely perverted itself, then you cannot be logical anymore. You'll accept things that come along the pike. You'll adapt and adapt to the most shocking things. Including your own family being taken off and shot or some whatever, and you have no reaction to it at all. That they're separating natural responses of survival. They're separating that from from the modern man altogether, and and they're pretty well succeeded. By the way, they're pretty well succeeded. People live in a fantasy, a hypnotic state, and um, reality is gone from them. TV shows and fiction is more real to them than any personal experiences. It's, it's scientifically created that way. But thanks for calling. And from Hamish Marcel from Ontario, Canada, it's good night to me. Your God, where God's go with you.